Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at 2014's Low, Volume 1, Collecting Issues 1 to 6 of the Image Comics series by Rick Remender and Greg Tocchini. Tocchini? I don't know, it's Italian. You're the Italian one. It's probably, then it's probably Tocchini, but look, sure. (laughs) Whatever. It's Remender, is it? Rick Remender. I'm going to say Remender. Yeah, it's not Rick Remender. Uh, it's too late. I don't know, I've Ben. I don't know. Intro. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Ben, you forgot to mention that the the subtitle of the of, of the whole thing is called the Delirium of a Hope, which will be very important. Which will be very important. Uh, now, Michael, uh, I'm going to have to start uh, 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 with the usual thing of, of a, a synopsis, really. But um, well, Ben, hold on. Just give me a second here while I line up and ask you what even is Low Volume One: <laughs> A Delirium of Hope. Very nicely done there. It's it's a it's a classic post-apocalypse, Michael. Right, right, right. Um, it's set in a in a in a an aquatic world, mm. um, and basically human beings done must up, and uh, the ever the ever growing sun has kind of toasted, lightly toasted the surface of the earth, Michael. Indeed, and the the levels of radiation are 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 not not optimal. Un- unlivable, unlivable, and so the gang, the gang mm-hmm. being the human race, yeah. Has uh, has opted to live under the oceans, mm. um, and they've done that. They've gone right down to the base of the ocean, and uh, they live down there in a little commune. But Michael, Michael, Hello. Michael, yes. yes, they they thought they were going to find a solution down there, and during all that time, and they only bloody haven't, Michael. Oh no, they bloody rested on their laurels, and they've been like, ah, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll figure out a plan for the survival of the species tomorrow. And Michael, tomorrow's just come a knocking. Uh oh, and uh, yeah, basically their subaquatic society is. Uh, on the brink of destruction altogether. Mm. Um, it would seem to be that we originally started with three communes, Michael. Yeah. Um, the third dome, as yeah. it's referred to in this, mm. has since faded from existence, which leaves us with the last two domes. There's two domes left. Uh, Salus, and then there's the kind of scurvy mob. Um, the scur- What do they call the scourge? The, the old scurvy boys. The old scurvy boys. Uh, and basically, it's, it's turned a bit tribal, Michael. You've got the Salassians, and the Salassians are kind of your your upper-tier society. Not all of them, though. Not all of them. Still mm. a divided society within yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I suppose that's your Lando Calrissian Cloud City kind of uh, thing. Yeah. And then you got your scurvy dogs, which is your kind of Tatooine, Jabba the Hutt run. Uh, you've got your rich people uh, and your poor middle. people pirate gang hmm. um, and uh, never the two shall meet and where we come in Michael is we meet uh, the, the family of the last the last great hunters hmm. um, and they have big old suits Michael arcane technology that was passed down from their great 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 yep. Um but there's only one left Michael because yep. um, we're, we're introduced to the Kane family and the Kane family have the blood of Kane and uh, wouldn't you know it Michael to run these big old suits yep. they're kind of mechs I guess they look a bit bio-organic-y A bit bio-organic Well, Michael, you've only to put your caboose in there But it'll only work if you have uh, the bloody right genetic caboose mm. uh, If you don't, it's game over And the right eyeball then um, And it makes them super powerful, Michael um, And it kind of keeps them at the top of the food chain mm-hmm. um, Until issue one of this, this very comic At the top of the food chain, which is mostly comprised of squids Yes, big old squids. Big old squishy squids. Leviathans, is that what they're called? Ah, uh, no. behemoth, behemoths, leviathans. Behemoths, is behemoths, it? is it? It was one of the one of the two biblical big yeah. monsters. Yeah, one of the lads. Benjamin, it's interesting. 
And I'm not saying you have made a gross error here because it's actually from the promotional copy for this uh, for this thing. But it's it's I constantly see it referred to as post-apocalyptic, which I think is wrong. It's actually during the apocalypse. It's mid-apocalyptic. Yeah, this is a mid-apocalyptic narrative. Or even That's fair, actually. Or even possibly pre-apocalyptic narrative. I think we could probably comfortably say pre-apocalyptic. Do you yeah. hear that image? Well, listening? I mean, there's been an apocalypse. The first apocalypse was um, the the sun expanding in the course of nature, Ben. Remember, that's the interesting thing about this. It, it's not the actions of humanity that have caused the apocalypse in this story. It's the that's true, Michael. It's it's the progress of the, the progress of nature and the expansion of the sun. But the inevitability what, of entropy. Hmm? Say that again, the inevitability sorry. of entropy. Exactly, Ben. What you could say is a, a muss-up, though, by the humans, is their inaction. Yeah, they bloody sat in it, Michael. They sat in it. They thought everything would be fine. And so human of us, Ben. Uh, how how hubristic. Exactly, Ben. COVID-19. Bloody COVID-19 all over. <laughs> so everything they, will be grand. Everything Just will stay be fine. home. They, uh, they, they, yeah, so that might be how they must up, by, by assuming that everything will be fine and not taking enough action. Mm. But Benjamin, why didn't yes. they just send probes to distant planets to try and find out if there's somewhere else they could live? Well, Michael, they only bloody fucking did. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they did. Um, but unfortunately, Michael, they no. didn't hear. Did they were left on red? Yeah, by the alien races. Nobody, nobody said. All right, lads, yeah. we've got a we've got a little planetary system you might like. Yeah, um, come on by. And Michael, what really spurs this into action is one of the probes finally returns. Mm. To the and planet goes Earth. like bibbidi boop. I found a planet. Bibbidi boop. I got you, cause. Yeah. Um, but it lands, Michael. Not ideally on the bloody surface. But Ben, you've just said that the surface is full of radiation and whatnot. What sort of mad woman would lead an expedition up there to get that? Well, Michael, one filled with hope. Yeah, and I've set you up there to describe the main character and their traits. Yeah, look. So we have. Is it Kel? Chell? I don't know. I, mean, I thought it was anyway. Cell. So, uh, that's what it is we'll say Stell Stell Cain is uh, the matriarch of the Cain family um, and really in the first events of the book she kind of loses everything Michael they get set upon by a gang of the, the scur- them scurvy boys yeah the scurvy um, boys and they talk like pirates Ben even though it's billions of years in the future pirate language has still survived me hearties yarr um, so look uh, basically her daughters are taken off to separate bloody areas. Uh, they're split up. Her her husband gets an L eyeball gouging. I mean, Ben, an eyeball plucking really. That's a it? grim scene, isn't it? Where they it is it's a bit they, rough on the uh, bit rough on the constitution. They give the um, old husband Ben. They give him an L eye stab, and we had been somewhat possibly led to believe that he was going to be the main character. Yes, and, and he'd have no bother in taking care of some scurvy dogs. Yeah, and then um, he gets an L eye stab, and they steal both of his children. Yeah. And then um, she's left with Marek, her son, and, and Marek doesn't take it very well, Michael. He goes he off the a dirty cop yeah. on the beat. Um, but anyway, basically, uh, Stel Kane is is filled with, I think Rick Remender has classified it as quantumology. Is that what it's called? It's a religion. Right, and basically, it's the concept that hope never dies. Mm. Um, and Michael, this is not as good as I remember it being. Um and that's my opinion. Yeah, that's your opinion, um, then. That's your opinion. I had somehow glossed over all the hope crap. Um, oh, no, hey. In hey my there, first now. reading. Hey there, Ben. And, uh, yeah, it just didn't sit well with me on round two. I still love the art. 
I well, like the world. Well, maybe it's the times we're living in then. But if uh, if you've read the Rick Remender's kind of discussions of this comic, it's it's about hope, because he was yes, living... he said he intentionally yeah. wrote it with that in mind. He said, uh, well, of course, he was going through a very dark period in his life. <laughs> yes, he had, had he had just begun a therapy, mm-hmm. uh, and he decided to take a crack at writing a hopeful character because he's a very cynical person, and he realised that all of the char- characters that he written had been very cynical. Which yes, Michael. Is... Well, that's been his entire career, Michael. Exactly, Ben. Go on, tell us, uh, tell us what you mean. Uh, well, uh, I suppose the thing that most people probably know him for at at this point is is Deadly Class. Mm. Um, Deadly Class has done phenom- <laughs> phenomenally well. Excuse me. <laughs> Good podcasting. Has done phenomenally well. I'm sorry, it slipped by. Has done phenomenally well um, from from every point of view. Really, it's been adapted onto the television. Go on. Television yeah. by the Sci-Fi Network. Mm-hmm. Um, you may also know Fear Agent, which is kind of his famous initial run, high concept fantasy kind of thing. Um, he did Seven to Eternity, which you and I have covered before on our other podcast. Oh, um, he did Black Science, which is basically a carbon copy of this story. Go on. Um, he did Tokyo Ghost, which is again a pre-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic kind of thing. And the one that he's probably made it, cut his teeth on, Michael, was The Last Days of American Crime, which is, has been adapted by Netflix into a film oh. coming out soon. The Irishman. Uh, no, Last okay. Days of American Crime, Michael. But all of his characters are kind of pricks. Yeah, they're all pricks. Um, and very cynical and grim. Yeah, I, I think... Oh, it's such an interesting treatment of characters, isn't it? None of them are likeable. In this? In this. Well, I don't I, know. Like, he doesn't seem to do likable characters, does he? he? No, he doesn't seem to. I don't know. I think he's trying with Stell. Right. Um, Is that her name? Comes off as, I, I'm not sure. We can check it out. I, you I, spin your wheels there. I'll just double check. It out I'm going to open the book. Here. Hold on a second. What I'm, what I'm fascinated by there, Michael, is I think he thinks she's supposed to be un, unfalteringly optimistic and charming because of that. Mm-hmm. I find her quite grating. Oh well, um, maybe because but then when you read this first and you loved it, you uh, you were a more optimistic and joyful person, and now I think that's probably true. Now three years of podcasting has ground you down into a stub of the man you once were. Yep, I've lost at least six inches. <laughs> lost um, at least six inches. Yeah, because I didn't mind Stell, to be honest. I okay. I. I yeah, I mean, it is an unusual take on a post-apocalyptic, pre-apocalyptic narrative to have a character who's like, everything will be fine if we just believe it's fine. I'm in a Pixar. I'm in a, I'm in a bloody Pixar. I'm in a Pixar. Um, We're under the sea. The world is dying. All my kids are being kidnapped. My husband has one eye and he's dead sad. But everything will be fine as long as I believe it's fine. Yeah, so she just does that, hoping against hope consistently. And I think through exposure to that level of optimism, other characters kind of have an L spin around and do it themselves. Yeah. Um, her son goes through a miraculous kind of turnaround in, in thinking and outlook, um, despite being a, a gladiator slave. Um, well, Ben, we've, we've look- learned from fiction over the last several centuries that one of the best ways to take a broken man who's had everything stolen away from him and to make him into an optimistic, powerful leader is the, glad- the gladiatorial arena. 
I thought you were going to say find him a younger friend to do a podcast with. Nah, very um, good. No, Ben, I'm talking of Spartacus. I'm talking of Maximus Decimus Meridius. Father to Commander a, of the Legions of the North. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. Yeah, so there's like there's a lot of that going around. Um, but I think ben, but, 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 the world. But, go on. Sorry, go on. but this time when he's a gladiator, he's under the sea. Under the sea, under the sea. Uh, yeah, I mean... Look, it's interesting. I think it opens up a lot of interesting creature possibilities. I enjoy watching the various oversized sea life things try to eat him. Yeah. Um, I enjoy his motley crew. Yeah, they're just kind of... Um, there's quite a lot of time jumping in this, isn't there? Yes. He, he uh, Anytime he goes, oh, how am I going to progress this a bit quicker? Yeah. Uh, oh, time jump. Several years have passed. Several years have passed. Mm. Um, to be fair, I think the time jump in the initial... So basically, once, once we're done with that... Um, you can split off. So we should probably look at how the, the family is split up. All once, right, all right, go on then. Uh, the, the traumatic event happens. Basically, um, the father kicks the bucket. Yeah, from sadness. At the bottom of the sea. Uh, Stell kind of continues her life unerringly hoping um, constantly. Uh, Marek becomes a corrupt police officer and oh boy, he's just not having a good time. No, he's a real bad bloke. Um, and then I, I suppose the two key traumatic experiences there, the two daughters, Della and Tajo, uh, or Tajo, I'm not sure how to say it anyway. Della and Tajo are split. Mm. And Della was kind of the one with a little bit of moxie. A little bit of chutzpah, so to speak. And she gets sent off to um, bloody 1984, the, the Dome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. To uh, Max really, Beyond Thunderdome, but this time it's Kevin Costner's yeah, Waterworld. So she gets sent off there, but we don't find that out until a bit later, Michael. Um, and Tajo gets sent off to live with the scurvy dogs. Oh, hold on, Ben. Have you just boys. spoiled the next volume? No, I think you have. Ah, probably not. I think you have because I don't know where where the other daughter goes. No, which one? Wait, hang on. So, I I thought in this volume that one of them is like a pirate princess, Tajo. Yeah, and the great mystery is where is the other one? Oh shit! Then I have spoiled. Sorry, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, son of a bitch. Um. Anyway, um. That's basically what happens, and then um. They decide to begin their their descent or their ascent, excuse me, mm-hmm. upwards. Um, so basically, Stell finds out that the probe is back. Yeah, she kind of blackmails her way into getting a governor's uh, approval for top of the line equipment. Yeah, she <laughs> she knocks out her son, bring- kidnaps him against his will, yeah. and sends him up with her just so she can have a traveling companion. Whose mother hasn't um, done that? Whose mother hasn't done that, Michael? That's what I want to know. Um, and basically, so that kicks off the whole event of this. They find their way to the second dome, Michael, which was kind of the pinnacle of learning. The scurvy, um, scurvy boys. The scur- them, but them scurvy boys have taken it over. Yeah, no, good. And who's bloody king of the king of the second dome, Michael? Only the bloody lad who went and split up her entire family and murdered her husband and broke her life. What a coincidence. Um, sorry? What a coincidence. What a coincidence. What a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happens as a result of that, Michael, is um, it turns out Taj was bit, had a bit of brainwashing done. Mm. Not great. Um, she has to walk around and, in sexy and so this, all the time. This, this dickbag um, is kind of the the Emperor Claudius to Maximus Brutus, whatever. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And he runs this place in the old gladiatorial games. Uh, rules with an iron fist with his brother Grom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Grol, a, he's a Grom. Yeah, he's a big thing. He's a big thing. Um, and it turns out that the pair of them were taken in by the good and kindly folks of the Second Dome. Mm. And they only went bloody betrayed. 
uh, everybody and let the old pirates in. Yeah. Um, and that's why they control that particular bloody dome. I'll tell you what, and Ben. The, there's a yeah. lot of... Uh, go on, sorry, go on. No, go on. No, go, you go on. Yeah, I'm interrupting you. I was just going to say, and that's pretty much the meat and potatoes of our first volume. There's a um, lot of... It's, there's a lot of Fall of Rome imagery in this, isn't there? Oh, boy, do they lean to that, huh? There's, Last days of an empire. There's a lot of Bacchanalia. There's a lot of orgies. Oh, yeah. There's a lot people of... People riding. There's a lot of the few people who have a bit of sense and optimism left coming in and going, will everyone cop on? And everyone else yeah, going... How about we grow up and try yeah, and fix this? Everyone huh? else going, about nah, that? we're riding and doing drugs. <laughs> but we're riding after just, I'm done riding. Why don't you just have some drugs, do a bit of orgy and just chill out? Have a ride. Yeah. Stell, come on. Come on, Stell. You're no Chill crack. <laughs> no banter <Yeah. laughs> at the end of the world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, it's interesting. It, it's it's well-trodden ground, Michael. It is, Ben. That That's certainly something you could uh, criticise it for being. It's as, yeah, there's, there's not a lot new here. And in fact, when I was reading it, I was thinking, boy, howdy, if we had to distill... The the two thousand the late two thousandies, or sorry the twenty tens, independent comic scene into a comic. This is probably what we'd end up with. Yeah, this is this is your oh I'll take a little bit of this yep. and I'll throw it in. I'll yeah, take yeah. a little bit of that and I'll throw it in. And yeah, I mean from from an art perspective, it's kind of like the Jetsons meets John Carter of Mars. There's like, a lot of John Carter of Mars in it, Benjamin. You're right. There's- there's so much John Carter and Mars. And it's funny, because I, I, I did read this a long time ago. I think I read this when it came out, Michael. Right. And it, it probably explains the the disconnect I have between <laughs> then when I read it and having reread it for this podcast and going, oh. You didn't, oh. You didn't like it as much, Ben. But there is a uh, lot no. of, there's a lot of John Carter of Mars in it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, warrior princesses in, in, uh, in chains. There's a lot of scantily clad yeah, people going seashell around. Bikinis. Mostly women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, mostly women. Not only though. Yeah, there's but some, a lot. There's some sexy shirtless men. But yeah, I mean, I was a bit surprised when they found her daughter, Thor. What's her name? Uh, uh, Deja Thor. Oh yes, no, sorry. I was thinking of John Carpenter, Carpenter Mars. Um, Fair enough. I was a will. bit surprised when they found her, and she'd become, uh, essentially, a John Carter of Mars sexy princess. Brainwashed, bikini-wearing warrior princess who'll stab you. Yeah, I mean, look, um, I I think it it is very derivative, and I think what it's taught me more than anything is Rick Rick Remender or Rick Remender, um, or Rick Remender. I don't know. Could be any of those. Um, Could be. He only really has the one beat, and he keeps uh, keeps knocking it out. Go on. this is indistinguishable from Black Science and relatively indistinguishable from uh, his other series, Tokyo Ghost. Um, certainly stylistically, it's almost a carbon copy. Uh, Tokyo Ghost is almost a carbon copy. It's that Japanese-inspired, end-of-the-world, Bacchanalia is it? kind of vibe. Yeah, I've not, yeah I've there's not, a lot of that going I've on. I've not read it, Ben. I've not read it. Um, With a touch of the cyberpunks. You know? Yeah, I mean, when I was reading this, Ben, I could not help but compare it mentally in my head to the likes of other 
Is this Image Comics? It is Image Comics, isn't it? This is Image Comics, but yeah. But other Image Comic things from this era, like some of these may not be Image Comics, but, I mean, Descender. Image it's, Comics? Yeah. Saga, Ben. Image Comics? I mean, it's 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 very of its era, let's say. It's it's a poor man's saga, I think. Um, well, no, I think it costs the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> see what I've see done what there. Because what I'm saying is Image Comics there. trade paper back rates are pretty consistent as well. I'm saying. Very, 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 very yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, it's it's as you said, a product of its time. Can we can we just take a look, Michael, at the characters? Let's take a look um, at the characters. I know you said Stell is is solid, and she ends um, up in a sexy outfit as well. That's all you ever want, Michael. That's all I ever um, want from your comic yeah. books. Um, yeah, basically, a lot of these people are just very unlikable, Michael. Can't get behind their motivations. Right, they on. they, I think he thinks that he's going to somehow give these characters a redemptive arc. Ben, why don't we but, criticize the art rather than the writer? Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, sure. So you're, um, what you're saying is that you think what they're lacking is a redemptive arc. No, I mean, I think he almost... So I think it's fair to say that none of these characters are written to be likable in the beginning. Right. I think redemption is a key focus of the entire run. I think it's something that Rick Remender really wanted to to push. Um and to be honest, I don't think he succeeds in that because he he some of their actions are so heinous, Michael, Go on. that it's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm speaking particularly of Tajo at the end of this run, um, where she where she does a genocide. Um, yeah, but they're bad she, pirate people, Ben. They're not all bad pirate they people. They are. Michael. They're bad pirate people. They're no good. They'll poke out your eye and do a gladiatorial game. Does that on mean you. that you get to? Genocide them? Yeah. Is that, is that how that works? Ah, yeah. Oh. They killed her right, dad. So. They killed her dad, Ben. And her so brother. So all of them have to die. And her brother. Okay. And they made her into a, okay. like a sexy slave princess. Yeah, okay. Can't do that. All right. Can't remember, be doing that. All right, when, okay. Remember when Princess Leia choked Jabba the Hutt? And then his whole yeah, ship crashed? Yeah, I mean, Jabba the Hutt wasn't an entire civilization, though. He was fat enough to be one. Ah, got him. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to the art, Michael. As you said, my point's mute. Genocide's okay in Michael's book. Um, no, no, let's, no. Let's I mean, move. okay, I get what you're saying. It's too late. It is a bit extreme. Too late. It is a bit extreme. But, I mean, it's not necessarily presented as a heroic act either. Everyone, no, everyone in the comic it's... is like, you mentalist. That's but, true. But we might That's have got true. them. We thought we might have been doing a revolution there. What have you done that for, you big mentalist? I think also, Michael, yes, some of those redemption arcs that were heavily aimed for mm-hmm. um, fall flat because we, we do a bloody time jump. Um, Marek's whole <laughs> yeah. redemptive arc... Happens off screen. Happens off screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. I do agree with that'd that. Be like, that'd be like, Michael, if bloody Thor turned up on fucking Scar, yeah. at Scar and then all of a sudden... Yeah. Uh, cut to oh man that was that was a crazy time finding the Hulk in space wasn't it wasn't it man that was good wasn't it how, how strange that would be like um, ben, that would be like if in uh, I can't think of a good comparison it's alright you tried though. you tried <laughs> um, but you're right, let's get though. onto the art it then. does kind of happen it's, off screen it's just like he's a big yeah, hero now because he's good at fighting he's a big bloody hero uh, and her justification for it is oh he looks like his dad mm. god I miss his dad yeah. um, two eyes yeah look it's it's messy Michael um, let's talk about the art let's Michael because that was something that you brought up there deep sea undersea squiggly wigglies 
Uh, yeah, look, um, I think, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, Greg Tocchini left after issue eight. Right. I haven't seen um, that then. And there's a bit of mire around why he left. Uh, some people felt that he wasn't really doing the required amount of work. Oh. Um, and apparently there's a little bit of uh, illegibility or th- th- his drawings just didn't read for this. Um, it's a big old muddle of colour, Michael. I, Ben, would find it hard to disagree with that, to be honest. I did at times wish it were a little sharper. Yeah, he seemed to really enjoy the abstract quality of his work. Yeah. Um, or it, it feels like Photoshop didn't render the last piece of the drawing um, on occasion. No, but Ooh, like you had underwater you had those characters you had <laughs> you had their characters on the left side who were drawn and then all of a sudden they kind of just muddle <laughs> when when the plane turns. It was weird. Um Hard to avoid the John Carter of Mars aesthetic. There is a lot of um, John Carter of Mars, Ben. There's a lot of women in bikinis that are seashells. It also reminded me of, uh, terribly of the uh, Prince of Persia movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> all right, I can um, see that. I can see that. There's a bit of Arabic so to that, it. That, right. that, that whole Disney gamut of live action movies mm. where they had men in scantily clad clothing. Mm. Um, there's uh, a lot of the Jetsons for the Salas part you know floating bubble cities and da, da, da. it's very 60s aesthetic given a given a bit of an edge i um, my favorite thing visually about it ben is the undersea biomechanical suits where you're looking at them going what are those what what is that what exactly hell is that and i kind of i kind of which is a new word i've made up i kind of liked that to be honest well they're very interesting constructions yeah with their big flippy floppy they're, legs and stuff because they got to swim, Michael. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's under deep, the sea, you see. Bioorganic underwater, big square, splishy, splashy suit. And I did kind of like those. I said Quinda again. <laughs> I keep saying Quinda, and it's not a joke I'm doing. All right, it's, just... been a, it's been a long week. It's only Monday. Um, it's been a long week, Michael. Let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are some elements that are very interesting. I think, as usual, like. Well, not as usual. Sorry, I say that completely apropos of nothing. Um, I think some of the creature designs are relatively interesting. Um, the characters are distinguishable, which I like. That's true. Um, there, there's no generic. This is a lady with blue eyes. This is a lady with red eyes. Like you can tell your differences um, here and there. Um, the mer creatures are interesting. Some of the the big leviathany creature thingies are are pretty interesting. So you know. Greg did a decent job. Who's Greg? Um, Greg Tuckini, oh, the okay, okay, okay. artist. Yeah. Um, he, he did fine. It, it's a bit messy here and there. A little hard to follow on occasion. I found deadlines. Ben's, uh, it was it deadlines. The word that was swimming in my mind throughout it <laughs> was uh, swimming, Ben. A little pun. So, yeah, because it was under the sea. Yeah, yeah. It was murky. Mm. I found it a little murky. Oh, look you know, at you. It's under the sea, so maybe it was on purpose. I was like, what's Maybe going it was on an here? intentional artistic choice. Yeah. Also, Ben, my physical copy hasn't arrived yet, so I also bought a digital copy of this. Oh, um, nerds. That's an expensive time for you. Look, Benjamin, it's worth it for the love of podcasting and comic books. Um, yeah. But I am less comfortable it's... reading digital comics than physical comics. I often find it harder to focus on them for whatever reason. So, That's true. You know, when I get a physical copy in my hands, hopefully in a few weeks, I might uh, 
I might have a slightly different opinion on the murkiness. My 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 reading experience might have tainted my opinion of the art a little bit on the, in this case. Yes, you had a stressful week the week that you decided to read this. I did, Ben. I've had that. a headache for a week. But look, I don't think that's what, what was going on here. And this certainly didn't cause the headache. I just didn't find it very memorable, Ben. Yeah, it does kind of fade to the back. It sinks to the deep, dark depths <laughs> of your mind. <laughs> very good. And memory. Yeah, you see? See what I did there? Very good. Benjamin. They're more nautical puns. So yes. for, for people who did like this, what would they like that's also like this or better? I mean, that's a great question, Michael. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I to mean, be honest. Ben, it is part of the format of the podcast. We do do it every time. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Have yeah, we yeah. done this before? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, that's mental, isn't it? Yeah, you're like Adam Sandler in uh, Fifty First Dates. Yeah, again, that joke didn't land on Sunday. It didn't land today. Um, but hey, look, you tried. And <laughs> I <have to> respect <laughs> you for that. <laughs> oh, if only this was a visual format, you could see all the expletive gestures that are being thrown at me right now, ladies and gentlemen. If you liked this, yeah, and you'd like to see a little something more, yeah, I don't actually have any recommendations here. Like, uh, I mean, you, a saga. Saga's there. Saga probably did it better. So if you love low, maybe don't do the better thing. Saga. No, Saga. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't hate this. I, I don't want to. I, I thought it was fine. But I, I am disappointed. I don't hate it. Okay. I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just comparing it to a memory that was much better. Mm. Like I recognize a head. lot of the quality of this, and it's a quality thing. But there was nothing about it that I didn't think had been done better somewhere else. Yeah, that's fair. And I think it's it suffers from a dose of the too much in one package as well. Mm, um, I, don't, I don't think I necessarily agree with you there, but even like if you look at Saga Ben and the even Saga's optimistic characters are just as optimistic but less in your face optimistic. Like the the mother and father in Saga push on through everything for the sake of their daughter. And they keep hope alive the whole time. But without everyone always going on about it. <laughs> yeah, it gets a bit much, doesn't it? A little bit. A little bit. A bit harped. Mm. I mean, um, yeah. I, it's hard to recommend. I mean, I mean, Ben, this saga is more popular than Low. So I don't think there are many people going to be going from Saga and going, I'd like something along the same lines, maybe not quite as good. What have you got for me? Or, yeah, it's not going to happen, is you it? You know, there aren't going to be many fans of Low who've never heard of Saga either, I don't think. True. So maybe, True. It's a, the two... maybe it's not a great recommendation. But I like Saga, is what I'm saying. Saga's bloody good, Michael. Mm. It's mm. too expansive for us to cover on this podcast. But, um, we can do one issue, Ben. One, one collection. We, we could. We could. Right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to a bloody close um, on this particular one. Are we right? Are we wrong? Am I silly to be disappointed by a comic that came out bloody uh, six years ago? Silly boy. Uh, silly boy. Um, get in touch with us and let us know. There's a number of ways you can get in touch with us. We're on showmorebug.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. Nice tiny room in Irish. Does indeed. You can also find us on Le Gram at showmorebug. Same spelling. Same meaning. Same meaning. Boom. Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, do give us an L follow and share this with your pals. Sticking on you're Insta. fans of Rick Remender. Um, let us know. Uh, let them know that this podcast exists and they can get it angrily in touch with us and say, hey, 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 hey Rick's a great guy. Yeah. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, that'll be it. In two weeks' time, ladies and gentlemen, we will be taking a look. We'll be delving back into the uh, the annals of comic book history and looking at the 90s. Oh, um, no. And Grant Morrison's, Grant Morrison's run on Animal Man for Vertigo Comics. But not, controversially, Volume 1, but Volume 2 of Grant Morrison's. Two. But we can't Animal start Man. on volume two. We can't start we on can. volume two. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Bloody can. We bloody can. Oh, bloody hell. We bloody can and we will. Um, so that's it from us for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, goodbye now. <laughs>